What if you're listening to this at night? Well, hello. There you go. Good day. In just a second, we'll talk to John O'Brien from The Fabulous Fox. We'll talk about the upcoming Broadway season for next year. And we'll also talk about Schmigadoon around minute 40. And then around minute 45, we'll talk Super Mario Brothers. Around minute 47, Lynn Saw Air. And then right at one hour, we'll discuss the Theater Circle Awards. We're in a theater mood, Carl, despite uh, because there's uh, a lot of important things going on. And one of the most exciting things, besides I will tell you about the St. Louis Theater Circle Awards back live for the first time in four years. But we have John O'Brien with us today, who's going to tell us about that fabulous Fox season. And it's putting the fab in the fabulous because wow, we wow, we wow. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for having me no i'm excited to talk about it we're we're really excited about the season welcome back thank you yeah welcome back and uh i will be going to wit uh to wicked next week and how i know st louis is one of the big cities for it mm-hmm. oh yeah Do you know how many times it's played here oh gosh i should know this and i'm gonna be in trouble for not i feel the, like the like, answer is uh, many is it 10? No, it's many. Oh, I thought you were just saying 10. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I can't. I've lost count. I've lost count of how yeah. many times I've seen it, how many times I haven't seen it. I have lost total count. I remember 2005, I believe it was its first time here. Because mm-hmm. I saw it in Chicago first. Stephanie J. Mm-hmm. Block was on the national tour oh. and it went to Chicago before St. Louis and then. We all drove up for it, and those those fine monkeys in the front were staring me down, mm-hmm. creeping me out. <laughs> well, what's exciting about this engagement, actually, is they announced yesterday that we, so we have these incredible, this incredible cast right now, but they're going to have a new Alphabet and a new Glinda coming in on May 2nd, so you can actually... Throughout the run of Wicked, you can see two different Alphabas and two different uh, Glindas. So it's really exciting. Uh, so Fox got a little uh, mentioned all over the place yesterday because that should be really great casting. Good. Oh, well, good. Well, I do know that it just uh, like that's why we have such a long run of it in St. Louis, because oh. it sells so enormously. And um, I have friends who haven't even seen it yet. So. There are people that haven't seen it. Now's the time. Better late than never. No, St. Louis loves Wicked and Wicked loves St. Louis. It it really is such a incredible kind of love, uh, two-way love story. Yes, I'm going to uh, go see the Banksy exhibit right before Wicked. It's going to be a very, very artsy day for me. Sounds like a perfect day. It's going to be. My wife's like, we can do both of those in the same day. That'll be fun. And it will be fun. Culture. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, the movie Wicked is coming out Yeah, with Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande. And who is the, oh, Jeff Goldblum's the wizard. Yeah. He spilled the beans that. on uh, Kimmel. Yeah, I, I love that cast. I mean, Cynthia Revo can do no wrong in my book. I think she's mm-hmm. just brilliant. Yeah, well, that's coming up next year. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you, so you should see it at the Fox, so you can, you know, 
be ready for it. And exactly. it's going to be directed by John Chu. So yeah. it will be fun. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about how, how did this come about? Because I know you have to have intense negotiations. Mm -hmm. And th this is a slate of heavy hitters that many were delayed by the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting is, so our 23-24 season, there are a lot of titles in here that we've had on, been in discussions about for years and years and years. I mean, we lost a year and a half of programming to the pandemic. So to finally get to come back and have these incredible shows that have just been like dying to get out on the road, we are so excited. I feel like we've got a fun mix here that, you know, took a while to maybe get us there but we're back in full force and we're doing it big now tina turner the woman who played tina won the tony yes and uh in moulin rouge the guy who played oh what's his Christian. name yes he yeah. won the tony aaron Vate. Yes. I got to interview and said, congratulations on your Tony. I assume you're going to win. And he laughed because he was the only <laughs> nominee. That was an interesting Tony year because yes. essentially since he was the only one nominated, he had 60% of voters had to say, yes, he should get the Tony. So, he oh, had to so reach if, the they, if they didn't vote, if they just left it blank, it wouldn't have counted. Yeah. So 60% oh, wow. of voters have to vote in favor of his Tony. Um, I can't, I don't know the last time there was a single nominee like that, but I'm glad he got it. I mean, he's phenomenal, so it was deserved, but looking at our season, we actually, it's a kind of wild year. I think I counted it all up and I might be missing something, but across the eight shows, all eight in the subscription are making their premieres at the mm -hmm. Fox, first time at the Fox. And there are 33 Tony awards across the bunch from the most recent productions of them. So, oh, wow. Stacked. Totally sad. Wow. Well, Matt Doyle, who won the Tony for oh, yeah. Company as Jamie, he was just at the Cabaret Project a Saturday night. Yeah. And uh, he was at uh, the show that entertaining. And he, uh, well, that's the one, the Company Revival, that's the female-led one. Yes. And this that's so groundbreaking. And that's when Patti Lapone won yet another one but yeah company is rarely done in st louis yes and that's why i'm really excited for you know it came out in 1971 the tony award was this groundbreaking revolutionary musical you know redefining how we structure musicals themselves uh and now for it 54 years later i guess mm -hmm. to be at the fox and this new production, and what's so cool is exactly what you're saying. They've taken the show, and the lead, who was traditionally a man, is now a woman. And a few other roles have been switched around in terms of, you know, the genders. And it just feels so, it, it feels like it was written yesterday. That's what's so remarkable about Sondheim, is that he is just, like, so modern and relevant and ahead of his time, no matter when it is. And Marianne Elliott, truly really one of the best directors of all time has really made this feel like a new, fresh, modern show that's, I feel like has more relevancy than maybe ever before. It's incredible. 
Well, it is one of my favorites, and that score is fabulous. And you can't go wrong. Uh, I mean, that music is just, it's just uh, endures. And I think Sondheim, this is his last show that he worked on besides the movie adaptation of West Side Story before he passed. But he physically worked on this company revival. And he also, uh, right now, is enjoying on Broadway quite a renaissance because Josh Groban is in Sweeney Todd. And we just had the acclaimed Into the Woods that's going to go on tour. And we, what else was just... Barely We Roll Along is coming in. Yes, which is hardly ever done. And Richard Linklater later is doing the movie, Carl. Oh, that should be interesting. Yes, it's one of those like boyhood where he spans it over a couple of years and he does it. And if you remember Lady Bird, they had, they did, their musical was merrily we roll along mm-hmm. so just fun fact but this uh this sondheim uh it endures so much because people are still doing it last year in st louis we had two a little night musics and we had an assassins and the assassins won the other night for best director because it was brilliant and it was fresh interpretation and they said it at a con- uh, political convention. Mm. Well, Lynn, we, we need to talk. We skipped the first show. You went, you started with Tina. You skipped the first show. The reason that the Fox didn't had it because have this show before is because they only said the name twice. You have to say Beetlejuice three times. And now it is coming in October. Oh, yeah. I mean, the timing could not be better. Uh, In my opinion, I'm just so excited. Uh, This show is so hilarious. It's so fun. And to have it for two weeks in October, including right before Halloween, Friday the 13th is right in the middle of it, too. Oh, wow. That's great. You know how many people are going to dress up for that show? That's what I'm hoping for. You know, it's such a fun show. And this they lean into it. I mean, they it's so wacky and incredible and the design is great and it's just having fun. So I feel like what a perfect way to kick off our season than Beetlejuice. It's become such a massive hit all over. So we can't wait. Well, that's, and then that's followed by Tina. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention November. Tina because of the local connection. And See, I've, I've always had that issue. If I ever met Tina Turner in every single interview, she says, oh, we're going to talk about Ike now. And and I wouldn't want to ask her about Ike, but I want to ask her about her St. Louis connection. And how can you mention the St. Louis connection without mentioning Ike? Because it's a very delicate subject. And she says she doesn't want to talk about that stuff anymore. Sure. But, but there is a way around. And I've brought this up to people that I know are good interviewers. You just say, you just say what I've been told is, just ask, do you have any good memories of St. Louis? And then let it go from there. Mm. But that, that question seems to me too broad because there are very specific things that she loved about St. Louis and there are very specific things that she does not care about St. Louis. So are we going to fly her in from France for this? Uh, sign me up. Well, what's cool is we actually, this show happens on her birthday. Um, I believe November 26th is her birthday, so... Uh, we will be closing Tina Turner in St. Louis on Tina Turner's birthday. So what a treat. And I mean, this show is just dazzling. It's, you know, it 
you get to see St. Louis. St. Louis is a part of the story clearly. Mm -hmm. And as you're watching her become this massive star um, and, you know, the songs, the choreography, it is just phenomenal. So you're going to have the staircase. Oh, the staircase is there. Yeah. She did leave. She did leave Europe for the opening on Broadway just for one day. She does not like coming back to the United States. She either stays in France or Switzerland. So she did come back for the opening. Maybe we can bring her home in November of this year. Yeah, we'll bribe her with toasted ravioli. Doesn't that that (laughs) be a bribery tool of choice? Uh, Yes. And then right the day after Christmas, Mrs. Doubtfire is here. There will be so many families coming to that. You know, and that's why why this we felt like the timing of this was perfect. You know, it's right during the holidays. People will be out of school looking for something after Christmas or after the holidays in general to kind of keep the spirits high and keep riding the wave of that family joy. Uh, and this show is just such a hug of a show. It's so sweet and lovely. Um, you know, it's got fun music. It's by the team behind Something Rotten. So it's hilarious and heartwarming. And I think what's cool about this is that, you know, the mu- the movie is so iconic and Robin Williams is so beloved and they are able to, you know, honor the movie and honor him in a way while also like being their own thing. You know, it's, and Rob McClure, another St. Louis favorite, played the role on Broadway. Um, so it's, you know, and he was phenomenal. So it just shows that, you know, you can, respect the film and be your own thing. And it's really special. Yeah. I hope, uh, you know, he did the tour of something rotten. So you never know. Right. right. <laughs> he might be available. He's Let's not in the universe. <laughs> yeah. John, well, when was the last time funny girl was in St. Louis before January? <laughs> well, you know, it's never been at the Fox, so I can say that with certainty, but beyond that, I don't know the last St. Louis production. I mean, this is a title that you really don't see much at all. Um, and what's cool is that, you know, they've brought it back. It had a, you know, Funny Girl had, was a massive hit in London. And now it's on Broadway and is one of the hardest tickets to get in New York. Um, and they brought in Harvey Firestein and he wrote, like, helped write the book, uh, rewrite the book and adapt the story. Uh, so it's really incredible. And I think... It's one of those shows where you're sitting there's just so high energy and the choreography is phenomenal. The music is unstoppable. Um, so really excited. Took a while. Some, what, 64 on Broadway maybe? Um, <laughs> yeah. So long delay. I, I, I actually have a friend. She's going with six of her girlfriends. They're seeing it in New York this weekend. Really? Oh, yes. It's phenomenal. And then, then we already mentioned company that is February 27th through March 10th. And then Moulin Rouge, April 30th. I have a quick story about Moulin Rouge, not the play, not the, not the musical and not the movie, but I went to the actual Moulin Rouge in France on my honeymoon. And I did not know that they would be naked. And so my wife's like, well, this is a joy for you, isn't it? And I said, this was not what I was expecting. I just, th- I thought burlesque show, I, you know, I thought it would be tame and uh, suggestive. It's not. The Moulin Rouge in France, they're totally naked. 
I did not know that. And it was a very pleasant surprise. Well, that's the good news like that at the Fox. I was going to say, <laughs> the good news and bad news is that's not the case at the Fox. So, <laughs> yeah, that's France. France, that, that's, that's, you can watch, um, Pornography on television at like eight o'clock at night, but that well, is not what's going to be at the Fox. Yeah, well, do you do you remember promise. the oh? Do you remember the first time you saw the movie? You're sitting there because it's Baz Luhrmann and it's they're singing. And they sing Elton John, like, a Teen Spirit, and you're sitting there going, "What the? It what is, is it's very what? eclectic." And, yes, and then and then Ewan Ewan McGregor sings and. And uh, it's a delightful film, and it it uh, was nominated for Best Picture back when they just had the fog. Yeah. I mean, so, what's so cool is that, you know, the movie is, it's iconic, and it's just like this dazzling sugar rush of like, oh, it's the most stunning film, and you're just kind of catapulted through this world of glamour. And what's incredible is they do it again on stage. I mean, this is without question, some of the best design I've ever seen in my life. It won 10 Tony Awards, including Best Musical, but also won for set, lighting, costume, sound, choreography. Like, everything about it is just so visually unreal. And you get that kind of the humor and uh, grit of the movie, but also this dazzle. And it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, this is Alex Timber's uh, who's also the director of Beetlejuice, so um, really knows how to put on a show. Well, all the clips what? I saw on television before, because it it didn't it open like right before the pandemic, and and uh, it was getting on all the morning shows and the talk shows, and and uh, they were doing that, and then all of a sudden, boom! But it's very very colorful in those costumes and just the way the dancing, the can can and. And all that, and Danny Burstein was the MC, right? Which yes, is an iconic uh, part. Another Tony winner. So I mean, yeah. they, they cleaned up. So this is, uh, I will say, um, our head of production at the Fox, who's been at the Fox for more than thirty-five years, has been all over, worked in Buffalo, done all this incredible work, has worked on countless tours. Uh, brilliant dude. He's like, he saw the show, and he's like this is the most stunning thing I've ever seen in my life. He went to Vegas wow. to tour and he's like, this is the most beautiful tour I've ever seen. Like, so they really, it, it's really going to be something neat to check out. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to the choreography, but I'm also looking forward to the choreography for Michael Jackson. I which... have friends that went and saw it over the summer and they said it, they didn't know how it was going to be. They were very impressed. But that, it's Broadway. It's a Broadway show. It's very and impressive. They did a phenomenal job. I mean, the show, it won uh, for choreography. It like, so they're the lead one. So it's really a phenomenal show. They bring in all the hits. So essentially what's happening is uh, you're watching him put together the 1992 Dangerous World Tour. Uh, so you kind of get to see in the rehearsal room of that. And then it'll just spoiler alert, potentially transition <laughs> magnificent uh, performances and numbers. Um, but it is, I mean, the book is phenomenal. Uh, you know, Lynn Nonage wrote the book here and really put a lot of thought and effort into this. So you have kind of the dream team, uh, Christopher Wildan directed and choreographed it. 
you know, I think St. Louis, people seem to really be excited and what a way to close out the season. Yes. Yeah, well, that's and, good to know. And Cirque du Soleil's coming, which was the night before. Yeah, yeah. This that, that'll be between the Tina musical and Mrs. Doubtfire because it's a Christmas show. Yeah. No, this one's going to be really neat. So this is the first time we've had this. Uh, and so with our subscription, you can have the seven show subscription or you can make it an eight show subscription, which I highly recommend going for eight because <laughs> bigger is better. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be really neat. Um, you can opt into the show and it's basically taking the book was the night before Christmas and it's become Cirque and, and you know, Cirque de Soleiling it. Cirque de Soleiling it. Exactly. Cirque Pie. It's so beautiful. And you know, the most, these, incredible artists who are just can do things I couldn't even dream about being able to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be a really wonderful way to celebrate the holidays in December. And then there are also the Broadway specials. If you didn't care, if you loved it so much on Apple plus, and even though it's already been here, see come from away that's here for a couple days. Disney Aladdin is here in December for a couple of days. You're doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the musical, for one night only. Mm -hmm. Jagged Little Pill for a weekend. Mama Mia for a weekend. And Book of Mormon. Oh, we played Book of... The other night was Pride Night at the hockey game. And the uh, organist was sneaking in Broadway sh show uh -huh. tunes, including a song from Book of Mormon. <laughs> Which I and just so, love that show so much. And I've only seen it once. So I'm excited because you cannot help but just laugh. Spooky, well, you know, spooky Mormon hell dream. Just saying. <laughs> well, also, there, there, since those other Broadway specials are there for such a short run, I think... A lot of them, especially, well, I was going to say especially Jagged Little Pill, but Aladdin, that that's one's for the kids. So that will be, you should get your tickets now. And Jagged Little Pill, on this Broadway series, how many of these shows are currently on Broadway right now? A lot of them, aren't there? So a lot of it, Jagged Little Pill isn't anymore. It's not at the moment, but okay. I mean, right now we've got, good handful of these shows still operating on broadway but you know jagged it's the first it's a st louis premiere so yeah um, we're so excited to get that and you know it's alanis morissette's music and it's so good oh my gosh you know you ought to know on stage works so well like it makes you angry exactly how you want it to well she was in a montage at the country video award whatever that thing was on sunday night country i think it's a video music video wars or something Morris, they were all doing all these country people were singing you want to know on stage well you know why because dolly parton and willie nelson are in the rock and roll hall of fame now they're they turnabout's fair play yeah so i'm just saying it's not just for uh you know rockers anymore but uh, I sound really old saying that, but uh, come from away. If you have not seen it, you must It'll go make you cry. It's so good. I love that show. It's, yes, yeah. because I think people regretted not going the last time. And it, so now's your chance. It really is it, a special one because I remember when we had it in uh, 20, I think May 19, we had it. It was on our 18th mm -hmm. season. 
and people were not familiar with it. And I kept saying, I promise you, you're going to be in love with this show. Go see the show. Don't swap out. Go see the show. And to this day, some of the best feedback, people still talk about it because it is, it's hilarious. It's heartwarming. It's heartbreak. It's like, it's phenomenal. And well, it, the, the only reason it didn't, connection. the only reason it didn't win is because it was up against Dear Evan Hansen that year. It would have won. I think it would have won if it wasn't up against Dear Evan Hansen. And it did win. It did still win some Tonys. Yeah. And I mean, even that was a really tight race. I mean, talk about a nail biter of a showdown. Uh, and the director won. The director yes, won uh, for, and he did a fabulous job with that moving around the whole yeah. Bartlett shirt type of thing. And yeah. uh, what I liked so much about it, well, I saw it on the Tonys because it opened the Tonys with Come From the Rock. From the, that was so brilliant, <laughs> makes me cry. And I start, you mm -hmm. know, and I was like, well, if the opening number is going to make me cry, this is going to be something. And I remember going the in 19 and all the friends that went with me, they are all the first thing they said was when they saw this series was come from a ways coming back. <laughs> That's the first thing they said. So everybody crazy. wants to go see it again because it is that experience and you can see it on Apple plus with the original cast, but it's nothing like seeing it live. No, it's it, it, seeing it live is very impressive because a small cast plays a lot of parts and it is impressive the way that they uh, get around, not having as many people on stage, making it feel like it is an entire town. And I mean, it's also just the idea of, oh, this is a 9-11 musical. It's the happiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like those mm -hmm. two statements don't seem like they should. But nope. like, because it's the way people came together after this tragic event. And so it it's the most happy, uplifting, heartwarming hug of a show. It's just so pleasant. It's very Canadian. Um, you know? It is. With, and it, it's just, yeah, it's just. And then it, the fact that it's based on a true story and the fact that those people also keep up. And it's really remarkable when you go in it. And the, the, the people who wrote the lyrics, they were not well known. But now, of course, they are. But I remember people saying to me, well, I wondered why Dear Evan Hansen won. And then I saw Dear Evan Hansen and I said, oh, yeah, that's why it won. Yeah, and, they're both um, phenomenal shows. So it's it was a good yes. it's like it's like Kinky Boots and Matilda. Like what a pairing. Like sometimes those showdowns are exciting. Well, yeah. I, you Have felt you sorry for everything that was up against Hamilton. You you because yeah. you knew it was going to win. And the only other show I remember from that year was Waitress. Yeah. And you go, you know what? Waitress is a really good show, but it was up against Hamilton. And they it's had insane. a big pie. They had a big pie. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like these Tony showdowns. I mean, it's always so fascinating because some years you'll have these like crazy stacked races where it's like, it's anybody's guess where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then some years you're like, okay, that seems like it might have a leg up here, but you know, we love a nail biter. It's the drama. We're theater. We have to. <laughs> Well, I just want to, I think the race this year is going to be for revival because you have the in, the acclaimed Into the Woods, which we've seen, and uh, you have the new parade, 
-hmm. which the Fox folks are because of Mike Isaacson and is it Kristen and they're all mm -hmm. producing it and it's Ben Platt. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of Muni people in it, like Jay Armstrong Johnson is in yeah. it. No, and, that, and then Sweeney Todd with Josh Groban with uh, Tommy Kale directing it. Yeah. So the Sondheim the battle for the revival is going to be like. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's going to be a fun year. Like this is, and we're right in the like midst of everything opening and the nominations are beginning and, you know, Tony's will be the, I think the cutoff is like the 26th or 27th of this month. So we're like in that, and, you know, in Best Musicals, you have, like, Kimberly Akimbo, which people are, like, going crazy for. And it's I saw it last week, and it's incredible. And then, oh, really? Like, okay, because oh, um, I had seen it advertised with much acclaim. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. But And then you have, like, Shucked, which, you know, people are loving Shucked and has become <laughs> this big social media hit. I, I, um, I, I, how, how can a play musical about corn be so hip? You know, it's become like this huge online, like people are buzzing about it. Um, and, you know, Elon, Elon Husk is tweeting about it. Yeah, it's Elon Husk. <laughs> no, that's that's on that's on one of their posters. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, their marketing is phenomenal. So it's what's been it's been a fun year on Broadway. I mean, some like it hot, you know, it's it's phenomenal production with the team Amber Ruffin and Matthew mm -hmm. Lopez and. You know the team behind hairspray so it's it's been really cool um i'm excited you know this is my favorite time of year things get buzzy and wild seasons are being announced and tony's are being announced well if you go to uh playbill.com and you see everything there are a lot of movie titles being remade but uh on colbert monday night was lin-manuel miranda with john Kander. yeah, yeah. Because Lynn Manuel has teamed up with John Kander to redo New York, New York from a movie to a play. Yeah. And wow. so that's just started previews and will be opening soon. And, you know, incredible songs. Obviously, Kander and Ember just like power pair. And um, to have these hits on stage and to have Lynn as a part of it. You know, it's a really exciting season. I mean, even, and I think that's what's cool is even the things that are based on existing content are being done in such a new, fresh way. Like some like at a hot, this is, they've modernized it and brought and like really rethought how they did it. And it's phenomenal. New York, New York to have Lynn as part of it and Juliet, which is using the music of Max Martin, like Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys. It's, it's incredible. It's so much fun so it, i think that's what's been exciting is even these things that are based on films or artists they're really getting creative with how they reimagine it and modernize it and refresh it so i've loved it that's good well you must you must just be bombarded when you're when you're trying to get the season of what's available and what uh, might could be available and what might not show up and then yeah, it's got to be overwhelming to keep track of. I mean, that's everything. It's it's crazy because, you know, we're planning two to four years out, sometimes more. And uh, so it's a lot of, OK, these are the shows that are announced. These are the shows that are not announced. These are the, these are the shows that are in development that could be fast tracked to Broadway. These are the ones that are in development that won't go to Broadway. Like, so it's really trying to 
And not only are you trying to forecast what is going to exist, you're working with the agents to see what actually can be in the area at the right time. And you want to build a package that works well together. So it's keeps me on my toes. I bet. Good. So we like you. We like you on your toes because this is a fantastic lineup. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. You can find so. you can find out more about this when you go to fabulousfox.com. You can buy tickets. You can see. You can plan your calendar out for the next. Let's see, eighteen months. Okay. And new subscriptions will go on sale in June. So keep an eye out if you if you're not with us right now. Uh, join us soon. And thank you so much and uh, best of luck for, uh, cause I know your work, you know, people think once you announce it, your work is done. No. Just begins. I, I was lucky enough to go see, and I want to commend you on To Kill a Mockingbird because th that was a risk, even though it's, it's, it was a, it was a slam dunk, but it was a risk to put it in the Broadway series with all the musicals because because there were some people that doubted well I, why would i want to go see a play with all these musicals and it it exceeded expectations and word of mouth said it was fantastic i do have one question why did they not highlight mary why didn't they highlight the fact that she was in the show yeah no i mean that's my mom said the same thing <laughs> um, <laughs> but i think that's you know that's that was when, a bonus that's when we were doing press for the show we were really excited to try to you know we found it was so incredible to have her as a part of the show and a part of this tour it's like how iconic to have the original scout in this production um but yeah so i mean in the press efforts it was really fun to you know hype up mary because she's phenomenal so right cool I thought really give her like a little special, hey, by the way, but no, it was an ensemble. And once again, I cried at the end of the first act and I cried at the end of the show because it's just it was just that good. Well, I was very impressed with Richard Thomas because, yeah. uh, you know, I saw Jeff Daniels and I thought nobody could compare to Jeff Daniels. And he did an outstanding job. And what I like because of seeing the show on Broadway and then the tour, sometimes tours uh, cut corners and sometimes they do, but they did not with this one. They, yeah. they, it was, yeah. it was so good. The cast was incredible, but you're totally right. Like it is such a, you can tell that they, as an ensemble, like they're tackling this together. It is such a team effort. Um, and across the board, just phenomenal. So, you know, it's rare that we get to bring in a play because, you know, it's we're known for doing these musicals, but mm -hmm. now and then a title comes along and you just and it's when it's phenomenal like that and you know that St. Louis is going to love it. You got to take the risk and hope it pays off. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. it well, I think it the great. buzz, the buzz was tremendous and people were scrambling to get tickets. It was a very hard ticket to get. And also, uh, I knew a person in the cast. He was in the original Broadway show and in this one. And uh, he, what I liked was he was posting pictures of St. Louis, you know, on this Facebook page. And the place where you put them up with the artistic hotel, oh, whatever yeah. that is. Well, it's right there. Yeah. I know. It, it is. To stay but it looks so cool at night. I think if you yeah. haven't been downtown, and if you haven't been midtown, you have to go look at that hotel.
Oh, and they have a phenomenal rooftop bar. So check out, go grab really? a drink. Oh, it's really neat. Um, and the lobby is really cool. They have instruments you can play. Like it's that's a worth checking out. So maybe on your culture day, go see Banksy. Go ah. to the God. Do a rooftop. Go explore. They have like art exhibits and things. Pretty cool. I might be taking the next day off for that. Uh this is, spring is in the air, so that means we have delicious theater in town. But I do want to say just real quick, Carl, um, in the early 2000s or maybe 1990, 1999, no, I think it was 2000, Death of a Salesman was on tour with Brian Dennehy. And that had just, he had just won the Tony in that. And that was a phenomenal play. So when the Fox picks them for a tour, pay attention. Once because every they, 22 years. <laughs> yeah, everything. Well, they did. I You did have doubt with Cherry Jones, but she got struck yes. throat. And we had War Horse was the last one in 2013, I believe. Uh, so, you know, oh, yeah, now, and August Osage, Osage County. Oh, County. you know, I love that show. Yeah. So I, know. I love that show. But well, I also I more on the horizon, I'm sure. I was I was lucky enough to get Fox Club seats for death of a salesman and i was like are they gonna do the special drinks for this and they did so i i had my wife got one and i got the other and so we had all three of the special fox club drinks i don't remember what they were but i knew i liked one of them fantastically (laughs) (laughs) well john thank you so much i hope to see you in the theater and I'm not sure if I'll see you uh, the thirteenth at Wicked, but I'm looking forward to it because it's been a long, long time since Wicked's been here. Yeah, this is the first time since the pandemic, so we're excited to bring uh, bring Alphaba back in. I mean, it's such a St. Louis loves it, and Wicked loves St. Louis. So, hopefully well, just to it. hear her sing "Defying yeah. Gravity" is one of the great moments of American theater. I don't care who you well, are. See, that's that's uh, what I'm concerned about with the movie because they're splitting it in two. They're doing the first act and then they're doing the second act. The, the second act, the show's front loaded. The good songs are in the front. The second, this wicked part two is going to be just finishing the story. The good <laughs> songs are in the first act. See, I'm so intrigued. Can you imagine if they cut off right before defying gravity. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I have no they, idea. They couldn't, but, but that was just like, like with the Hobbit, they like, uh, we've, we've got to put Smeagol in the first movie or else nobody will see the rest of them. And they did. And that's, and that's why the last two movies sucked. I just hope well, they right cut now. off right before the last note of defying gravity. And that's the, <laughs> because uh, then they can start it. Then they can start it with the second one with it again, a reprise. A cliffhanger. You're like, well, do you guys remember being in the audience for dream girls and uh, you know, like o- opening of the movie and Jennifer Hudson sings, I'm telling you, I'm not going. And when mm-hmm. I was in the movie theater, people stood up and applauded like they were at a movie that, that they were at a she live can't, theater. She could not hear you. But she did appreciate getting an Oscar for it. <laughs> but I mean, that that's how incredibly powerful it was on screen yeah. that people in the audience compelled to respond like a live theater production. And I love Alan Arkin, but Eddie Murphy should have won Best Supporting Actor for that. 
He's that was a whole thing. Well, that, but, no, uh, it was politics. So, it was so, probably because he did a horrible movie like right after. Was it like wasn't Pluto Nash? It was it was one of them when he dressed up Norbit. in a fat suit. That's Norbit. it. Norbit was the reason he didn't win an Oscar. Norbit. John, yes. John's well, like, people, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, I, I remember seeing Norbit in theaters and loving it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's I why he didn't win an Oscar for Dreamgirls. Before we let John go, we have to mention that Schmigadoon premieres. It, it's out. It was yesterday, I thought. Yeah. It was yesterday. Oh my God, I missed yeah. it. But it's called Chicago now, right? Chicago, because they're doing they're doing the plays of the seventies. They they oh. can't escape. I can't wait. That was so funny last year. Oh, it's and, so and and everything about it was just wonderful. And I got to be on the Zoom call with the with the the guys that wrote the songs. And their songs are just so, so good. Oh, corn bomb. pudding. I it's, thought Shucked yeah. might have corn pudding in it, but I guess not. Yeah, that would have no. been a good acquisition. But see, I, I don't know who's, I since we have not seen it, Apple didn't give us the preview for that. So I don't, I all I know is that Keegan and uh, Cecily are in it. And I'm not sure who from the previous year's in it. Because I don't know if Martin Short's in it. I don't know if Dove Cameron's in it. And I don't know if, speaking of Wicked, if Kristen's in it. So, because I because they're in a different part. There's there's different magic this time. Well, I saw Dove and Aaron Tavey did okay. an interview recently. So, I Maybe? Think be. And Jane Krakowski did an interview, too. So, I hope she is. Oh. Well, I love me. You know... Lynn knows I love me some Chenoweth. So, me too. I, and except she was, she played a baddie in that one. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I love the mothers. Were the mothers from the future? With, you know, the mothers that didn't like anything from the future. What was that time? Right. Oh, yeah. We know Just, what you're talking about, Lynn. Whatever. But no, that's my weekend goal, Schmigadoon. That's a good I'm goal. I'm pretty sure, Carl, it's in the press thing because Bats saw it. So it's well, got to be in the press. All right. In the press. I will, I will check again. That's how I all saw right. all four. To, I am now caught up with Ted Lasso in real life because I watched all four episodes at once. And now next week they is episode five. So I'm with the regular folk now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me. See you, uh, see you at the show uh, at uh, the shows and next uh, Thursday. We'll see you at Wicked next Thursday. Yeah, Wicked, and then hopefully Superstar after that. Oh yeah! Oh, I forgot. It's gonna be awesome. That's another one that hasn't been around for a while. I'm listening to the soundtrack right now because you know it's Holy Week. So good. <laughs> exactly, tis the season. Mm -hmm. Every year I listen to Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar. On Holy Week, I already I already finished Godspell, and it was it was the it was it was not the version that I thought I was gonna get because I'm like oh I'll try the revival one. It was not the same, <laughs> and I'm listening I, this year. I picked the because there are so many versions of Superstar. I normally I listen to the original concept album, or sometimes I'll do the movie version because that has the extra song. This year, I'm listening to the John Legend live one. I love it. I love that album. I think it's a great like because they have such a good orchestra. I'm here for it. The The band is great, but I'm the only thing I'm off put by is the 
uh, exorbitant applause at the beginning and end of each song. Sure. They, they were very, they were very excited to be there because oh, yeah. it was live on NBC. <laughs> but but the songs and they sound great. John Legend sounds great. Yeah. Tara Barrios. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking, uh, well, we were talking about waitress. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and Brandon it, Dixon, it, what's his middle name? He's got a three namer. Victor. Brandon Victor Dixon. Brandon Victor. He's Judas. Phenomenal. <laughs> awesome and this is dude. Fiftieth anniversary. Yes. So. And you'll and hear. I, it. I had the two albums set in high school. You'll hear that album on Casey, uh It's it, for album of the week on the seventh day this Sunday night. We should uh, text the mighty Favaz to have him mention that your show's coming to town. Yes, I think I know how to do that. <laughs> He's connected. I know people that know people. <laughs> John, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Have Good a happy night. holiday weekend. You as well. I keep wanting Enjoy. to say break a leg to you, and I don't know if that's no, appropriate. He's the one that breaks the legs. I break legs, yeah. <laughs> that's how we get the shows. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, yeah, John. let us know what's coming up so we get prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, bye, Thanks. guys. Bye. All right, Lynn. There is only one movie that's coming out this week, and I didn't see it because I had family stuff going on. You did. And I'm so sorry for grandpa's demise, you know, untimely. Grampy, he Grampy had a Jack. wonderful life and he was, he was a character yes. and he got his due by having an honor flight. He was on the 100th honor flight. Uh, my wife's grandfather, Jack Wilkie passed away at the age of 96, surrounded by friends and well, surrounded by family. Friends had been visiting him uh, all week and people were saying goodbye, and we are sad, and we will miss Grampy Jack Wilkie. So thank you for your well wishes, Lynn. But because of all that going on, I did not see Super Mario Brothers, which I heard was not horrible. Well, that's what I heard, too, and it's very colorful, and it has a good cast because Chris Pratt and Charlie Day, and you know how much I love Charlie Day, I and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peaches. Love her. And Jack Black is the villain dude. I, I I didn't see it, so I cannot I cannot say anything about it. Everybody's just saying it's fine. Amiable, not the, horrible. The bar is so low for that. It it's I don't get it. I I, I don't know why they did it, but they said it's a good kids movie. I'm sorry, it's not a good kids movie. It's a fine kids movie. Yeah, it, it it'll serve uh, the fans and it'll serve what it's on to Easter be. weekend. It it comes out on it. It's out already. Right. It's already out. So. You can see it in theaters right now, but I'm not going to. Well, the one that everybody should see with the crowd and definitely see at the movies and not wait for it to stream on Amazon is air. Ah, you saw the movie that I had a hockey game for. Yes, and it's uh, so much fun. It zips along. It's such a tightly constructed story. Well acted, well told. It steeps you in 1984. Exactly time and place. 
what Michael Jordan was yet to be, what Nike was yet to be. Uh, this is a time when Nike was third behind Converse and Adidas. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't the song My Adidas in the film by yeah. Run DMC? That's kind of yeah. weird. About no. a, a movie about Nike that My Adidas by Run DMC is in the movie. No, because uh, Chris Tucker is plays Howard White, one of the key figures in Michael Jordan's uh, early career. Mm-hmm. And he is telling Matt Damon's character, Sonny Vaccaro, about the track suits because of Run DMC and everything. And he's like, don't you know anything or like, you know, where are you that you don't know about Run DMC and the Adidas track suits? And, and that was all that. But it is a moment in time that becomes a game changing move that changed a ton of things the shoe industry uh, culture changed michael jordan's life changed lives for athletes his mother believed in him so much and was such a guiding figure that she brokered the deal of a lifetime Mm -hmm. and eventually you know he became the greatest player of all time but at the time he was an unproven rookie. Well, yeah. Well, he did win a national championship with North Carolina. So, yeah. But he, he had did. not he had not played professional ball. No, and he was third in the draft. And right. they they kind of make fun of Mel Turpin in it, you know, talking about Mel Turpin. But John Stockton and and that. But uh, the cast is perfect. Ben Affleck knows how to make a movie. He knows how to tell a story. And so does Matt Damon and their partnership. This is their 20th collaboration and it's masterful and it's uh, really well done. And then Jason Bateman, I mean, they got a dream team of supporting players. Jason Bateman plays the advertising manager at Nike. Uh, Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, the CEO and chairman. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chris Tucker plays as Howard White, one of the staffers. And Marlon Wayans is only in uh, briefly, but he has a very pivotal scene as the summer Olympics basketball coach, George Reveling. And when Michael Jordan asked, uh, uh, you know, he, he told Ben he wanted Howard White and he wanted George Reveling in his story. But he had one request for the movie that Viola Davis play his mother. So Michael Jordan's involved, but he his it's more about Dolores Jordan than it is about Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan looms so large in this movie, he doesn't even need to be in it. Right. Well, Ben made the wise decision to show him from afar, show him as a shadowy, very tall figure behind his parents, not to uh, not to use him as a character because it continues the mythology, but it's more about all the people surrounding him and that they use him in archival footage. Okay. But but he is, and, and that's another really smart, uh, smart thing to do. And uh, it's just a well-told story. It's the first script by Alex Convery. Supposedly, Ben and Matt 
uh, did some rewrites, but you know they work together like that. But uh, Ben Affleck is back to triple threat greatness after his Live by Night wasn't very good in 2016. But look at the town and Argo and Gone Baby Gone. Those are really well done movies. And this one yes. is the same. And he gets this all-star cast. Chris Messina is this very abrasive agent for Michael Jordan. And it's we know the outcome of this. That's what's the beauty of some of these the stories. Shoe, the shoe is made. They're still being made. They are. Go to Nike and look up the Jordan brand and you'll see how many different kinds they have. And yeah. uh, they have, um, but we know the outcome of this, but it's edge of your seat. It's fascinating. It's all that. And here's again, a movie with contracts and phone calls yeah. and they make it interesting. And you will love the soundtrack, Carl. They yeah, picked- I saw the soundtrack. I I I like the soundtrack, and that I, that's why I was surprised that Run DMC's in it. But there are some great songs in the soundtrack. It will. I think I saw the listing for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I actually like this Air soundtrack better than the songs that are in uh, Volume Three because the he got a little weird. James Gunn got a little weird in Volume Three because it's. Uh, different time they were going to just have it go straight to streaming but then they did test screenings and it went so well and then they did a surprise showing at south by southwest and everybody went crazy for it right it's just enormously enjoyable and appealing and it has all the elements even if you're not a sports person it still is appealing it's just it's very personality driven it's a well, great I, American ingenuity story. I asked you last week to compare and contrast Tetris with Air. Uh, go ahead. It's basically uh, a the same very story. Similar. It's very similar, only we have Russian mob politics. I mean, government. Yeah, involved in that. In Big Ben, but it's basically the mid '80s and and just just that, and they're just game changing moments in history. And what's interesting about both of them is they're about people who are good at their jobs. Really? That's kind of fun if you think about it. Michael people Michael Jordan are- hustled, and okay, so in Air, Michael's father is in this movie. They talk about Michael's father's uh, issues. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have a they have a, a fast forward to the future and they show some of Jordan's scandals and, and heartaches and and that. Oh. But Ma- Michael Jordan's father, fun fact, is played by Julius Tennant, who is married to Viola Davis. What a coincidence. And they depict the Jordans beautifully. Good. Well, I know that Jordan wanted Howard White to be a major character in this film and that's why chris tucker is there and he's hilarious chris tucker's hilarious great and the whole cast is is really well done and i love the wrap-up at the end about everything that happened since that moment but these are about risk takers this is about a gamble this is about this one moment in time that changed everything and i love i love the stories about those things those 
those things that you know if a wouldn't happen b wouldn't happen blah, blah, blah and that's well that's how it's kismet so, you, so just like in tetris you like the last couple of minutes of the movie because you said the best thing about tetris is the final credits and what you like about air is how they wrap everything up at the end also yeah, but it's still a great journey to get there because it's just so, so well done. Matt Damon's character reminds me a lot about of uh, Ford versus Ferrari. You know, that yeah. kind of likable guy that just has a hunch and, and has the smarts to see something through. But and has instead the conviction. Of, instead of Christian Bale, it's his buddy, Ben Affleck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's good. Um, what I want to know is, I think it's going to be just a perfect movie to go see over the holiday weekend. And and I think families are really going to enjoy it. And I remember when my kids were little and it was the Jordan two, three Pete's. We had right. all the T-shirts and we had the uh, the the shoe guy, the guy that invents Air Jordan also invented the iconic symbol of him leaping oh for the the design that's on the shoe yeah and everything now is that jordan that unmistakable jordan it's the brand uh, yeah so he invented that my kids had all those t-shirts we couldn't afford air jordans but, but you could have the air jordan t-shirt we had the t-shirts and michael jordan was you know all, all their whole childhood was you know, he was such a phenom. We watched The Last Dance during quarantine. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, we did not get a screening to paint, but it opens in St. Louis Friday, but we're not privy to it. Right. And Owen Wilson uh, plays not really, but really Bob Ross. Which I think is weird. Ha happy little accidents. Carl Norgel or something like that. But it's IFC, but they decided not to show it to us, but they are opening it in local theaters. And uh, there's not much going on. Uh, the Cinema St. Louis folks at the High Point are showing this month rock history. I thought you would be interested in that. Uh, yeah, I having, saw that. Uh, April 11th, Little Richard, I Am Everything. And then they're having that John Lennon May Pang documentary ah, that she's May around, Pang. that she's going May around promoting. Uh yep. it's uh called The Lost Weekend, a love story, April 13th through the 16th. And then the last weekend in April, April 28th and 29th is going to be Carol King Home Again live in Central Park. Hmm. That should be a good. I love Carol King. Well, that's going to be a good setup for Beautiful the Musical at the Muni, which wow. opens in nine weeks, Carl. Wow. That is. I wonder if there was some uh, serendipity involved in any of that. Yeah. Or if it was just a coincidence. Yeah. Well, I have a documentary that I haven't watched yet, but it's about the comedians that have come from Chicago. Uh, did oh. you see that? I did not. No, I I I requested it because I thought, well, I know all these Chicago comedians. <laughs> That'll be fun. Well, Lynn, we have to bid people adieu. Hope they have a great Easter weekend. Where can we find you on the radio, in print, and on social? 
Well, this week I'm with Max on Movies talking about air on KTRS. And uh, I am on KTRS Jennifer with Jennifer and Wendy on Fridays at 11.08 a.m. I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times and I am on my website, Pop Life STL. My review of air is up on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's me. What about you, Carl? You can find me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. For we have two more home games, so two more horn tests for your St. Louis Blues. You can also hear me on the weekends for Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors on 97.1 and KMOX, home of your St. Louis Cardinals. I'm sad. No playoffs. What, hockey's over? No. Yeah. No. Well, I was actually talking to somebody – from the Cardinals about this. And he's like, it's good and bad. I'm like, how is it good? And he's like, you know, when your season, you have an end date because when they're in the, in the playoffs, if they're not winning, you don't know, or if they are winning, you don't know when it's going to end. And sometimes like in 2019, that was fantastic. But other times I could be playing a game on Wednesday or if they lose, I'm not coming back at all. But if they win on Wednesday and Thursday, then we have a game Saturday. It's just it's it's the it's the not knowing that is nerve wracking. That's right. And um I want to draw everybody's attention to the St. Louis Theater Circle Awards, our 10th anniversary. We held them Monday night. We gave out over 30 awards in the heights at stages St. Louis won six, the Black Rep won a seven. And uh, we had a lot of small companies win tremendous little awards. But uh, Ben Davis won for playing Sweeney Todd at the Muni. And Anastasia Kleski won for playing Seely in Color Purple. And I know you saw those. Yes. I And you know what? Also, uh, the Muni put out a press release congratulating all of their winners, which cool. was that was good. So Lynn, yeah, because they won four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have so they're on my website, Pop Life STL. If you want to see who won, have a great Easter weekend, Lynn. We'll talk next week. Thank you, Carl, and you too. And uh, we will. Uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into the blockbuster territory real, 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 real soon. Really soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Happy Easter, everybody. Have a blessed Passover. Bye. Bye. Bye.